0: You're listening to The Creation Academy, a weekly podcast and radio show defending the truth of God's Word in biblical creation science. I'm your host, Steve Schramm, and in this week's lesson of the show, we're answering the question, Can the Flood explain the geologic column? Can the Flood explain the geologic column? Last week, we talked about The sedimentation of Noah's Flood. We talked about how uh, Noah's Flood is the best explanation for the rock layers and the different layers of sediment that we find spread all throughout the world. In some cases, even on one continent, um, continent continent-wide layers of, of rock and strata that we find. And, you know, the question is, what best explains this? And furthermore, the question is, from a Christian perspective, can we explain this? And I believe we can in Noah's Flood. And so, the next logical question to ask deals specifically with the geologic column. Now, of course, the geologic column is certainly one of those things that Um, evolutionists wave in the face of the creationist and um, tout as evidence for their worldview. And so it's one that we must have an answer for, and it's one that we must also be able to explain. And we find that we have good answers About the geologic column. Let me first give a little bit of background and I'm going to kind of do this a little bit differently. I can't help it. The Baptist preacher in me just loves a good three-point outline every once in a while. And that's what I'm going to try to give you today. So I want to start number one by saying that the data is clear. The data is clear. The stratigraphic column And the chronologic column are the two building blocks that must come together to form the geologic column. And very simply put, the stratigraphic column deals with the um, rock layers, okay? The chronologic column adds in the idea of the index fossils in order to... um, impose some time periods over top of the rocks that's what index fossils are for and you put those two together and those two columns together form what we know as the geologic column now there is no one place in all the world where the full geologic column exists there are some places where the geologic column is actually outside um, of the standard order that we see it in other places. And um, the question is what is the best explanation for that? But we need to understand that it's these points of data that help us to make up the geologic column. Okay. Now in order to get the dates that we arrive at, we need to look at something called radioisotope dating. And if you'll recall in our very first episode of this podcast, our lesson was dealing with radiometric dating methods and the unreliability of such methods. And so because they have untestable assumptions, we can't prove the three main assumptions that go into the dating methods, which we won't get into on this podcast for time's sake, we realize that they are not reliably dated. The rocks are not reliably dated with radiometric dating. And here's how we know that. We know that rocks of known age do not date properly. So why do we expect that rocks of unknown age will date properly? It's a faulty assumption. We shouldn't make that assumption based on the scientific, observable information that we have. It would be incorrect to assume that our assumptions are valid concerning radiometric dating. So, here is a really good question. Can the flood explain the geologic column. Can it explain the order? And what I mean by that is one of the reasons that evolutionists are so confident in their theory is because if you look at the way that the fossils are arranged in the rocks, what you appear to have is this gradual change in time from very, very simple organisms to higher and more complex organisms. If, if we look just at the fossils in the rocks, that's what we see. The evolutionist says, well, uh, over billions of years and, and millions of years, these forms have evolved one to the next. And of course, they, uh, at this point bring in other fields of study such as genetics and and things like that but for the most part what we're looking at uh to to get this ball rolling is what's in the rocks what's in the ground so the question is can we explain that as christians without invoking evolution without invoking billions of years can the bible make sense of what we see can we reconcile God's word with God's world? That's really the question. Well, notice this. I'm going to take this listing from Henry Morris's book, Scientific Creationism. Now, we've used his book as a reference a lot in this series, The Basics of Creation Science, um, that we've been doing over the past few weeks. And the reason is because his book really does um, touch some of these issues. He uses some outdated models in the book, and we're not using those, okay? Uh, We're not even uh, referencing those. We're going to talk about um, some outdated models a little bit later on, okay? So, um, in in a few weeks, actually. So, not worried about that. But his book still rings true. Most of the information is still true. And it's a really good introduction to the idea of creation science. So, that's why we keep referencing it. So... Let's look at this list, and I'm just going to read pretty much verbatim. I, I, I cut out a few words as I wrote these down. But I want you to just picture in your mind the geologic column. Just picture organisms starting from very, very simple organisms and eventually moving up to um, higher organisms, even up to human life. And, and just, just notice this commentary as it goes from one step to the next. So step one, there's about 14 of these, so I'm just going to start... Step one is marine invertebrates trapped and buried in sediment. These are just to recall a list of predictions and things that we believe would be true if the flood model were correct, regardless of what we find in the ground. Okay, notice that this is not. Um, chronicling what we find in the ground. This is stating the predictions of the flood model, okay? Marine invertebrates trapped and buried in sediment. That's step one. Okay, then animals living at lowest elevations would tend to be buried in that order. Excuse me. Animals would usually be buried with others living in the same region, and then animals living at lowest elevations would tend to be buried in that order. Step four says marine invertebrates found in the bottom of rocks of any local geologic column since they live on the sea bottom. Marine invertebrates would be found in higher rocks because they live at, excuse me, marine vertebrates would be found in higher rocks because they live at higher elevations and could escape burial longer. Amphibians and reptiles would be next in the commingled sediments between land and water. Few, if any, terrestrial sediments or land plants or animals would be found in the lower strata. First evidence of land plants would be essentially the same as reptiles and amphibians. Marine strata would see hydrodynamically sorted organisms by size and shape. Mammals and birds would be found higher than reptiles and amphibians because of habitat and mobility, but few birds would be found at all. Higher animals, again if found at all, would be likely found in large numbers due to herding. They would also be segregated vertically in the column by size and complexity because of advanced abilities to escape burial. Very few human fossils or artifacts would be found at all men would escape burial for the most part and their bodies would simply decompose after the water is receded and then the last step is these uh, predictions make sense statistically but due to the catastrophic nature of the event leave plenty of room for exceptions such as strata that are found out of order such as um, animal life and and fossils in places where they ought not to be Seashells found on the top of Mount Everest, for example. Now, here's what Dr. Mora specifically says here. Now, there is no question that all of the above predictions from the cataclysmic model are explicitly confirmed in the geologic column. In other words, all those 14 points he just mentioned are mirrored in the geologic column. The general order... From simple, this is continuing his quote now, the general order from simple to complex in the fossil record in the geologic column considered by evolutionists to be the main proof of evolution is thus likewise predicted by the rival model only with more precision and detail. But it is the exceptions that are inimical to the evolution model. In other words, the creation model can even make sense of the places where... There are exceptions to the rule, and where we find the out-of-order things, like we mentioned. But the evolution model cannot make sense of those things. So the data is clear. Whether you're an evolutionist or a creationist, the data is the same. We're all looking at the same data. We say thousands of years and a flood, and the evolutionists say eh, minimal flooding here and there, local flooding here and there, but millions of years. Now, who's right? Who's Right. Let's look at the second thing. The damage is certain. First we saw what the data is clear, but now the damage is certain. Here's what I mean by that. In Genesis 6, 5-7, through 7, it says this, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he made man on earth, and it grieved him in his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Listen very clearly. There is no reason, scientifically or biblically, to believe that the geologic column was formed pre-flood. The damage is certain. God said that the flood was going to happen. He said it was going to be a global flood. He said it was going to wipe out the entire world, the whole earth. All the high hills would be covered. There's no reason. It betrays God's nature and our scientific observation to say that everything was good. If God says everything was good in Genesis 131, that means it was good. That means that this fossil record could not have been formed pre-Adam and Eve. Could not have happened. The damage is certain. God judged the world with the flood. And then finally, the danger is confusion. The data is clear, yes. The damage is absolutely certain, but the danger is confusion. It is unnecessary. When you're believing in the Bible, when you're reading God's Word, it is unnecessary to to accept millions of years. It is unnecessary and causes confusion on both inside and outside of the church about what we Christians believe to try to read back millions of years and deep time into the Bible. it just It's unneeded because science confirms biblical recent creation. We've no need to insert it into the biblical timeline to make sense of the geologic column. Yes, yes, we do have an answer for the geologic column. It does fit within our young earth time scale. And it most certainly does reflect God's word in light of God's world. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you for this time together. We pray for those who would be lost and confused about these issues. Pray now that you would draw them to you, draw them to yourself. Thanks for everything that you do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.